0: Welcome back to the Star Family Wisdom podcast. It's so good to be here with you today. My name is Jenna Layden and I'm the founder of Star Family Wisdom. I'm also a former global vice president for Whole Foods Market. And in today's episode, I'm talking with John Yost. John is a film producer and has been in the media industry for a while now. But after many, many years of leading a relatively normal life, John had an extraordinary experience that harkened back to an experience he had as a child. And John began to explore these experiences which led him to facing his fears around ET contact. And in this conversation, we talk about that. We talk about my journey as well with facing those fears and, and unpacking, you know, what was suppressed within me for so long. And John used this journey to tell his story in a really cool way. John released the film Alien Abductions Answers last year, and you can find the links below in the show notes. You can find a link to the trailer and a couple of promo videos as well, where you can learn a little bit more about John. So today's conversation is. Um, really special. It was really healing, I think for both of us in a lot of ways. And I think for anyone who has had extraordinary experiences, who has been unpacking things that have been suppressed within them, this will um, hit home for you and hopefully be really healing for you too. And so we talk a lot about that journey from fear and separation and living in this state of disconnection really from others from life to allowing these experiences to transform us and open our consciousness, expand our consciousness in ways that bring us back into a state of connection. We both agree that, you know, ultimately it seems like these experiences are serving that purpose while they may have been traumatic for some of us at the beginning, as we get curious and explore and face those fears we've had, we start to see this phenomena from a different perspective. So enjoy this conversation with John and definitely check out Alien Abduction's Answers. It is streaming now. You can find it on any platform you find your videos and films. So I'll see you on the other side of this episode. Comment below, let us know what you think. And if you haven't yet, subscribe so you don't miss any of our future videos see you on the other side hi john welcome it's so good to be with you today
1: i am a very pleased man thank you very much uh to you and to your audience i really appreciate sharing the time with you
0: i'm just so grateful for the work you have done to bring your story and the story of a lot of other (coughs) experiencers, abductees to the world. Um, I -hmm. teed it up in the intro so folks know, um, about your film. And I'm just thrilled to talk to you today and and ask you some questions about it and, and even talk about some of the parallels that I've seen in our experiences and, and, you know, I just want to start with, you know, how did how did this really unfold for you? For you know, those who haven't seen your film, you know, it started at a really young age, but you, you know, you had a very "quote unquote" normal life for a long time until, <laughs> until you didn't. And so, um, so oh, yeah. what, what's that story? Like, what's the backstory <clears throat> that got you to the point of making this film?
1: You know, that is that's an interesting question. And it actually doesn't happen when I was a young man. It happens <clears throat> when I was an old man, uh, about three and a half, four years ago. I um, I'm a for, I'm a normal guy. Actually, I'm a nobody, really. I uh, I grew up and I went to school and I <clears throat> got a job and I was with uh, U.S. Customs. I was a U.S. Customs broker and Treasury guy. I lived around the world in the Germany, but I just did. You know, I'm an American. I'm making some money. I'm you know building my life. And um, and then after about ten years, it lost its flavor. I just didn't like it anymore. But I always had this dream of being involved in film and television. You know, and this is about thirty, about as old as you are, about thirty some years ago. And um, and so I decided I was going to change my life, which was dramatic, but it was great. And I did a lot of stuff on camera and behind camera and directing and then, you know acting and producing and all stuff. And so that leads me to this story. Um, about three and a half years ago, four years ago, I was doing a project in a place called Borrego Springs, California. And this is not in the film, so it might be interesting to your audience. <clears throat> I um, I was with a big group of people and we had, I, I know if people haven't been to Borrego, it's very flat, it's very arid, it's like desert-like. And um, we had rented this big home um to house everybody because we wanted to control didn't want to get anybody get lost and uh, we were doing a night shoot and i'm out there and we're doing a night shoot we come in it's the middle of the night like two o'clock in the morning something like this and everybody is out by the pool having a nightcap and i'm inside the house with my crew and we're downloading to make sure we have duplicates so we don't lose some tape or whatever and i come out to uh meet everybody and we had about 15, 17 people with us. And they pour me a glass and raise the hand, and and we're going to have a toast. Just then, I saw a glint of light in the glass. And your mind tries to, you know, rationalize and put it in a box. What do you see? And I say, oh, that's the moon. And then I went, wait a second, I'm producing. There's no moon. This is the new moon. We did this on purpose so there be no moon. And as I drop my glass, I see... This blue green luminescent kind of pear shaped kind of egg thing Mm -hmm. above the house that we had rented, and my mind was again. I'm I'm, you know this is milliseconds. I'm trying to think. Well, what is that? Oh, that's that's a mylar balloon. That's like a get well balloon, you know, or happy birthday balloon, metallic. And my mind says, wait a second. That's as big as a Volkswagen. That's not a balloon. (laughs) What is what? And as I'm just gobsmacked. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. And one of my camera guys, Scotty, was sitting here. I kind of grabbed him and turned him. I said, what is this? He says, oh, my God. Everybody around the pool. So they they all saw it. Oh, 100%. Everybody says, what is that? Is that a UFO? Oh, my. What? Oh, my God. And we're all. This has all happened in a matter of 10 seconds. This is how fast this is. And I look at this thing and I am transfixed. It moves, Jenna, it moves so damn fast, like, and it stops right above my head. Now, I don't know if it was there a split second. I don't know if there was a minute. I don't know. But I felt a feeling that I had not felt for 40 plus years.
0: I just got chills when you said that.
1: Yeah. And I was petrified. Mm. Then it zips away from me about 20 feet away. It stops. Everybody is still buzzing. Everybody, oh my God, what is this? Oh my. And it just drifts off. Now, as I said, it's, it's, you know, kind of desert-like. So it's very flat. We watched it for a minute or, or so as it drifted away. Everybody is humming about what in God's name. And I have to tell you, I was so petrified. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but. If you've ever been so ill or so cold that your insides are shaking, even though on the outside you seem fine, you feel like your organs are shaking. And uh, I made some stupid excuse, something like, you young whippersnappers can stay up drinking all night, but uh, I got work to do. And and I went back to the room, and I've said this before, I, I wasn't very proud of this, but I barricaded the door with the bed and through my luggage and everything else. And I sat in a corner and I'm not a really good looking guy, but I'm an ugly crier. And I cried ugly all night. I had a terrible, terrible night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and for those of you that aren't in production and um, don't deal with large budgets, you might not know this, but in my business, you have to be very left brain. You have to be anal retentive and check all the boxes right. because you're dealing with a lot of money, and usually it's not yours. And you, you know, you can't be a jerk about this. And so I was so, and I'm very, very well suited for my job. Um, I just stopped rearranging other people's silverware, if you understand me. So, so, but, but, so I am having such a hard time, and I'm angry at myself, furious. I take a hot shower. I haven't slept all night. I'm going to grab a coffee. I'm going to do something. And I'm going to jump on the horse and and I go out there and I get my coffee and I can't go outside. I am petrified, big sky. I'm petrified of that water. Mm -hmm. And I am like, I'm completely shocked. What is this? Now, we, we talked a little bit off air about, you know, I said that you seem very delicate, very small. I'm about six three and two hundred and seventy pounds. I am not usually afraid of anything, right. just in general, right? I am like a little kid. I can't go outside.
0: Like this sounds with you, like just oh deep, my
1: god, oh deep. my god, like coming terrible.
0: from somewhere
1: else, terrible, yeah. terrible. So what happened was, I, I mean, and this is hard because I have to go scout um locations i can't go i have to have people with me and i'm looking really and i'm looking out of the truck yeah yeah that looks good you know whatever i finally get through the shoot, and i get back to the east coast thanks to some delicious irish whiskey (laughs) and uh i um but when i get off the plane my friends and family know there's something wrong something different about me it it compounded and compounded and compounded i was so petrified that i would have to run to my car to get or my truck to get to the office i would i would get to work early and wait for somebody to come so i could run in with them or I, and this you know I'm not graceful. I don't run very well. I look stupid, so this is really hard. It is hard on my ego, and so this is just this is just like you know a crap Sunday with a cherry on top. This is my life.
0: It's like your 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 brain your mind is trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, and and it's like you can't process what's happening. It's
1: exactly right. It's exactly right. Yeah. Now, what nobody knew, except me was that I had an experience when I was a kid, I was seven years old. And like I said, I hadn't felt that way for a long, long time. And so what I tried to do was I tried to, you know, I, I guess smarter people would have looked for help, you know, but I'm not a smart guy. I'm a dumb guy. And so what I did
0: was, I want to stop, stop you there, John, because I think... <sighs> I think that is so common, you know, when we have suppressed trauma and, 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 and that's the nature of suppressed trauma, you know, we, we consciously are not connecting the dots on what is it inside of us that's causing these sorts of fears and issues in our life. And, and I think I even went through a phase like that, where you know, I didn't reach out to people for help because I was uh, one, I was terrified of people thinking I was crazy too, sure, you know, that was sure. a big part of it. You know, like, how do I even, how do I even articulate what I'm feeling and, and, and what's happening to me? You sure. know, it took a while for me to get to the point where I could even talk to someone about these things. Yes.
1: I completely resonate with that. Yeah. Um, But I was so damned and determined to get to the bottom of it that I I realized this. I said, look, you, meaning me, are nobody special. I am certain that other people have had an experience. So I started to read about folks. And then that led me to start to talk to a few folks. And then that led me to record them. And then finally, finally, I was able to speak to them about my encounters. And um, I hadn't talked about them since I was seven, seven years old, which is a long time ago, by the way. What
0: Uh, happened (laughs) happened at seven? What was that experience like for Mm -hmm.
1: you? When I was seven, it was August. It was very, very humid. It was in the early 70s. And my parents were not wealthy. So we didn't have air conditioning in the home, and um, as I said, it was very humid, and uh, And my bedroom was on the second floor. So our windows were open, and I woke up in the middle of the night to hear this kind of undulating drone, like a hum, mm-hmm. almost like I'm going to make gonna embarrass myself by doing it. It was kind of like this, mm, like that. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I, you know, I'm a little kid. I'm ticked off. I'm tired. I've been playing all day and I can't get to sleep. And I'm angry that this has awakened me, but I can't. So I go to the bathroom and I, um, you know, I do whatever I'm doing in there. And I I, I get a glass of water and the water is running for a very, very long time. And then I, I turn off the water and I open up the door. And when I opened up the door standing in the doorframe, is what to my seven year old eyes saw Mm -hmm. was a character I had seen a thousand times on television. Uh, there was a Japanese television show called Ultraman Uh Ultraman was this silver kind of giant guy, kind of an, you know, an almond head and and big eyes and he fought the monsters and I loved Ultraman. I, I wasn't afraid of Ultraman. I thought he was cool. And, um, But the strange thing was, is that I was the smallest kid in my class until high school. So older man was tiny, he was my size. (laughs) And so I'm looking at him and somehow we got really, really close. And I mean like nose to nose. And then something happened. I explain it this way. If you've ever been on a beach, And you feel the water come up over your ankles. And as it goes back out, it starts to pull the sand out from underneath you. And you feel yourself. That's the way it felt. And so as a little boy, I was petrified. And just like a drowning man, I flailed my arms. And I literally laid hands on this cat. Well, there is this flash of light. And I feel like I'm moving. I can't tell. But the only thing I can see are all these lights. They're blue and green and yellow and, and magenta. And all this, like like a like a um, oh wow a, like like you're on a carousel that's out of control, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm in the middle of a struggle, and I you know I don't know how long that lasts or whatever, but I'm kind of coming to my senses, like where am I? And I'm still in this fight, but something really strange has happened. I'm no longer in the bathroom. I'm in the hallway. And this guy, I say guy. I don't know it was a guy he is in the bathroom facing me and i am struggling with him and i go to hit him he raises his hand and he touches me on my left shoulder there is this brilliant flash of light and i feel like if you've been in the ocean you know a wave can come up and hit you in the chest and just knock you down right well i got knocked down right behind me as i said i was on the second floor were hardwood steps going down to the first floor. Well, I fell when I fell ugly, and I mean like head over heels banging off walls. I'm screaming. And I am screaming like a madman. Well, my parents are awakened, right? And they come running around the corner of their bedrooms on the first floor. Come running around. My dad was a big guy. And he's like, what the hell's going on here? And I said, Ultraman is, and I'm screaming. He can't hear me really. He hears, you know, intruder. Well, he bounds up the stairs. He's going to go kick somebody's ass, right? So he's upstairs. He's slamming doors. And my mom is trying to hold me. I am screaming like oh, a wow. maniac. And so she's trying to console me, trying to console me. And my dad eventually comes to the top of the stairs. And he. He looked disgusted. He looked upset. You know, I awakened him, and of course, there was nothing there. Right. So, you know, parents do what parents do. They take me upstairs, and they they open up the closet. See, there's nothing here. Look under the door. You know, nothing here under the bed. So they lay me down and my mom kind of kissed me on the forehead, whatever. And, you know, and I think, you know, in retrospect now, I think that all that adrenaline that just flushed, just wiped me out. So I went into a coma, man. I just died.
0: Like, that's a huge experience. Oh my God.
1: Oh my God. The next day, I remember waking up feeling like I got beat up, like by a bully. But, and this is where I'm going to really date myself. People of your generation who may be younger. You know, you guys are attached to screens and things like this. When you were a kid in the 70s, in the 60s, you grabbed a waffle and ran outside and you played (laughs) until it was dark, right? Your parents didn't know who you went with. Oh, it's fantastic. Sounds better. Sounds better
0: than what's going on
2: now. Uh,
1: Well, it was good. It was good. But that's exactly what I did. And, you know, we played basketball and baseball and all this other crazy stuff. And my mom called me in for dinner. And I was sore and everything else, but she called me and she said, listen, we're going to have to, oh my God, you're disgusting. Because I told you, it's very humid, right? So I was Mm -hmm. was playing all day and she said, we're going to get a bath before dinner. And I'm I'm a little boy. I don't want to take a bath. You know, she's struggling with me with my t-shirt and and she's seeing all the cuts and all of the bruises all over me. Mm -hmm. And then she gets to my left shoulder and she says, honey, what happened here? I said, Mom, I, I told you. I told you, man. Well, she looked really sad. And she said, I can still remember she said, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. So, you know, I get the bath, we have the dinner, whatever. A couple of days later, my dad is taking me to the doctors. And we pull into the parking lot. And he says to me, listen, son. We get in there. I don't want to hear anything about this Ultraman guy. You keep that stuff to yourself. Mm. And I mean, I, I love my dad. You know, I, I thought he was a hero. I, sure. whatever he's, And of course, I'm seven. So I have no idea the import of what's mm. going on. Why? Okay. Whatever you say. I don't care. Yeah. So we get in there. The doctor is examining me. And of course, you know, the cuts and the bruises, the bruises are starting to yellow, you know, it's a couple days later and stuff. And then he gets to my shoulder he says oh sport uh what happened here and i just start to blurt up well you know there was this my dad is in the corner looking at me like and you know once like, again i gotta date crazy <laughs> yeah well i gotta date myself again you know kids are very disrespectful of their parents today but back in the 70s if your old man gave you the look you knew what the hell that mm-hmm. meant now i wasn't afraid of my dad but i i knew when he was serious and yeah And so I said, I, I don't know. I I was just playing. I fell. So the doctor examined it. He he manipulated it to see if it hurt. Asked me if there was, you know, tried to see if there was fluid in it. This thing gave me a lollipop, and I was on my way. Right. My dad's pulling in to my parents' driveway, and um, he says to me, "Listen, son, I'm serious. I never." ever want to hear you say anything about this Ultraman guy. I want you to shut your mouth. I want you to keep that to yourself. I don't want you scaring your mother. I don't want you scaring your sisters. You shut up about it. Like I was shocked and scared a little bit, but also I love my dad. And so I said, sure. And so I never talked about it again. Now, look in high school and college, I I was involved in sports. And so you're in the shower room and people would say, Oh, what the hell is that? Because you, you
0: have a scar to this day. Oh,
1: yeah. I have. Can you show it in the,
0: film, in the film? Yes, I do. Any, yeah, yes, I do.
1: And, and a lot of people, a lot of people say it looks like something or it looks like something. To me, it honestly looks like a thumbprint. Yeah, a raised thumbprint.
2: Yeah, it's but not. Your,
0: it's not your average like scar from a cut type of thing. No,
1: yeah. no, no, no. And it changes color, and it also changes temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's weird. But anyway, but I like, you know, I I try to give this example, you know, you're a lovely lady and you have these glasses on, right? So this morning when you put them on, you didn't say to yourself, hmm, I determined that I would like to see clearly today. So I'm going to put on spectacles that never happened. You just went, oh, I can't see anything. Oh, that's it. So it's like muscle memory. You just do it. So what happened was I would just come up with some jerk statement. Somebody said, hey, I got bit by a shark. Right. I got hit by lightning. Uh, You know, somebody shot me. But watch what happened. In three seconds, it diffused the questioning. Nobody asked me any again. And I never, ever had to say to people I liked or wanted to stay around, hey, listen, I was, uh, because I didn't want to do that. And so I kept that inside. And so what happened in that desert, to my knowledge, I never had any kind of other follow-up encounters i haven't explored that yet but when i was sitting in that room with the bed barricading the doors and stuff it was not you know a 50 year old guy dealing with something it was a seven-year-old kid who had never ever dealt with it and all of that, boy, po- and then of course, you know, the exacerbation on that whole thing is all the negativity, the lying, the you know, not being genuine, not being real, and all of that poisoned everything I touched my entire life.
2: It affects our uh, body, hundred percent, hundred percent,
1: tainted, tainted me, tainted me, and um, and so, boy, that's a long answer. I'm sorry.
0: No, that was great. And I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry you. No, experience that trauma. And I, I, I feel for you because I, you know, so many, so many people experience things that other people are not comfortable holding space Mm. for, or other people are not comfortable examining or asking questions about, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of human nature to shun what is not comfortable to us. Mm. us And, and and that's sad, you know, because then it results in these sorts of long periods of suppressed trauma that then manifests in other ways. Like you said, it, it poisons us in these other ways. You know, I dealt with massive anxiety and, and depression and, in all sorts of just kind of distorted, you know, ways of navigating life, even though I was successful and, you know, held down a, a career and, you know, did well in that under the surface i was not well you know for a lot of that and and it stemmed from a lot of what was suppressed in me for a long time sure sure so i i know i know what that's Uh, like and i'm sorry that i'm sorry that so many people have gone gone through that you know and have me too and and that parental figures even you know have contributed to some of that that trauma they Uh, didn't know you know they were no
1: i have empathy for them now i do then i didn't and, yeah. and during the process of the film, I did not, I, yeah. but I have changed. You know, one of the things I say in the film, I say, you know, what is it about these bright, shiny lights that, you know, make you look at the world differently change, you know, it'll change you. And it, it changed me. Uh, when I finally,
0: after, after, I'm sorry. What what happened after the, the event um, later when you were with the group? Uh,
1: so, yeah. So, so, I, I, like I said, a smarter person would have really tried to find some. I, I didn't. And I started to read and I started to interview people. And then I finally started to tell them, well, to you, I'm sure. And to them, it was very clear um, that they uh, you know, I remembered everything. You know, there wasn't a. It wasn't a question of I had to get a regression. I do all those things. I just tuck them away. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that you had a fight with somebody when you were a kid that you remember clearly, but you know, it doesn't have anything to do with you today. So you just tuck it away. Well, I could tell you everything except, and this was the this was the beginning of the real germ of the idea for the film. Um, up to this point, I, you know, you could see my work on some big screens. You could see my work, uh, you know, on History Channel Earth Food Network. I mean, just run-of-the-mill stuff. You know, nothing, no big shakes. I wish, but no big shakes. Um, I'm just telling you the truth. So anyway, um, so I had in no way, shape or form any idea like, mm, I'm going to make a movie up. No, that didn't happen. But what did happen was this. I'm in the middle of struggling with this stuff. And this is when it was very raw. Somebody said, Hey, John, what happened to you at the top of those stairs? How did you get switched around? I must be a moron because I never, ever, ever thought of that. Never. So I was feeling a little bit better because I was able to share these things. And I started to get really curious. And then you know, kind of my left brain kind of took over, and my anger came back, and I was like, "Son of a! I am going to find out." So I tried. I thought a lot about it, but then somebody said, "Hey, listen, John, you should really talk to this woman named deb's Shakti." I said, "I don't know who the heck this person is," and they said, "Well, she she works with uh, experiencers, and and she does quantum hypnosis, and and you know she's a healer and." all this stuff. And I said, what is that wacko world of what? Remember left brain guy, left brain.
0: Don't be telling me about this. I was atheist. I was atheist until I was, until I I went through my awakening and started remembering and having experiences. And then one thing led to another, and here we are doing this. So, you know, I was so logical, analytical, left brain. It took a lot of work for me to open up and, 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 accept what i now know to be true
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well, i'm I'm right with you i'm right with you so then they introduced me to this Deb shakti who by the way if you've never met her let me just say this to you i'm certain that you understand this term christ consciousness mm-hmm. yeah. this is who this person is mm-hmm. i mean she is just pure love pure giving pure service to others you take the shirt off her back that sort of thing And i had never met an individual like her i mean just regardless of what her practice was her discipline was never met a person like her and i'm like you're an alien you must be an alien i don't know anybody like you anyway so she talked me through the idea of what this was and explained to me what quantum hypnotherapy is i still don't know but and she said, "I can I can help you." Now, once again, I'm not a misogynist. I grew up with five women in my home; all of them are professionals, PhDs, all this other stuff. But she's a tiny little person, and I'm like this big, you know, jar-headed galoot. And I'm going, "Okay, little lady." You're gonna... And she looked up at me, and she gets this big smile, like yours, right there. And she says, <laughs> "She says, mm, we'll see." And she says, "We'll see," and. Um, and so she said look john the bottom line is this i'm not going to do anything all i'm going to do is, is teach you how to calm down you have years and years and years of serious training to build these walls to you have you have like a, an emotional blister around you that has buffered you and kept you separate from everybody and everything around you and all i'm going to do is teach you to relax enough that you can walk down that hallway that you built, you can open that door that you locked, and you can look in the filing cabinet that you sealed. Mm. And she said, and all you're going to do is you are going to observe and report. That's it. I'm not going to do anything. So I thought about it for a long time. And I said, you know what? And in fact, I think in the trailer it says, you know, I I say, you know, even if I had to live with the fear, I need to know. I need to know, and so my need to know outgrew my fear. Me
2: too.
1: I, I'd like to say that I was courageous. That is a lie. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I feel
0: similarly, John. You know, I, I you know, it, I knew for about a year that I needed to do a regression. I needed to go through some sort of quantum, you know, hypnosis procedure to really access what was under the surface. But I was scared, you know, I was, I was, I was really nervous about what was I going to access, you know, I I knew there was suppressed stuff. I knew there, I knew, and I knew it had something to do with ETs Mm
2: -hmm. and I was
0: terrified and, and I, and I too, I, you know, I wish it was this like real big act of courage, but it, it, it almost was this, my soul, like I'm dying inside if I don't find out, you know, and, and I looked You know, I've done enough research kind of like you to, you know, look at these other people and understand that there's a lot of people having extraordinary experiences that they couldn't quite explain and, and traumatic experiences and beautiful experiences and, and if all of these people are brave enough to face it and, and to even be public about it for the greater good well, I should be able to do that. You know, if I'm a leader, if I, you know, if I am who I say I've been, I've yeah. got to do this, you know? It's like, it's like I I just had to. And it yeah. was scary. And, but then yes. it, it becomes less scary, you know, when you, when you face it.
1: It does. I, um, the, the amount, first of all, the regression in the film is real. Uh, she didn't want to do it. To, to her credit, she said to me, she admonished me. She said, look, John, she was kind of stern she said look this isn't a carnival
2: yeah
1: we're not playing some game now we're dealing with your psyche your consciousness your soul yeah you know your life we're not then she used a a word if you understand me she used a word (laughs) and i just said to her at this point in my in my research i said i know now at that point that I'm not alone, that there are hundreds of thousands of people just like me who might not have been brave, yeah. might not have been um, might not have anybody to talk to, might have been told to shut up, might have just that desolation of being alone. Yeah. So I said, look, I want to help people. And that was the only reason that she allowed it. And then then she went through a whole... I mean, she was tough with me. You know, people couldn't be around. We had to be isolated. So we had to set up all kinds of remote cameras and people couldn't be in the building. I mean, there was a lot of protocol here. And the... the um, uh, she took me down this path that lasted about six and a half hours on tape. <clears throat> I was exhausted at the end of it. Uh, the but there's only like 15 minutes of that in the film because the film is not about me. It, I just happen to be the spine of the film, but it's about so many other folks because, because it's not about me. It's not. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with us as a species. It has to do with us as a people um, and what where we are, where we where we, where we were, where we are, and where we're going. And, um, and so she allowed it, and uh, I couldn't watch it for a while. And then I could only watch little bits of it, and then eventually I watched it. And I, boy, I found out a lot of stuff. I was not Ultraman. Yeah. <laughs> that was I didn't stay at the top of those stairs. Uh, I wasn't on a. I wasn't on any kind of ship. Uh, they took me somewhere else, and uh, boy, I learned a lot of stuff. Um, and then I also found out that I had not. that had not been the only time, and that's one of the reasons I was fighting. Yeah. And um, anyway. So, so I start to make this film and I thought, you know what? These people who see my film, they can sit in the safety of their living room, be able to turn it off if they don't want, if they can't handle some, they can watch me look like an ass. They can see me make a fool of myself. I can be their scaramouche. I'll ask the questions that they would never dare ask. And uh and then hopefully that they can they can really, you know, go go along this path with me. And uh, sure. uh, the thing I was saying to you um off air was this kind of ended up in a in a totally weird and strange place. Uh, Uh, Totally unexpected. You know, a lot of filmmakers, and one of the reasons that I I just say this to you, my film is unlike any other film that's out there for two reasons. First of all, there are some super smart folks out there, investigators who know everything and every detail about everything, but they're really not filmmakers. They're like people who like turn a camera on and record interviews. And um, so it kind of comes off, all this work, it's kind of impersonal. Right. right. And it's almost like you see a clip and then you hear Walter Cronkite to the back back in nineteen fifty seven that sort of thing. And so you leave the document and you know things. Okay, that's great. And you're smarter for it. Fantastic, but you'll change. There's nothing in you.
2: Yeah.
1: And I um I needed that. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, other folks need that. Yeah. So I did not okay, so the second reason that my film is different is that it's not a third person narrative. Yeah. It is a first person. You are inside the very first moment. Yeah. You are with me during the abduction. You experience the fear. You experience the terror. The the facts that you were unknown and unhelped. Yeah. And it's ego crushing. And then what what I hope. And what happened to me, what happened to me is is that along this path, um, I went from ignorance. And I think this is really where the world is, ignorance. I don't mean that derogatorily. I just mean that people don't know. They, they don't know. And ignorance leads to fear. Because if you don't know what's in the dark, you know, oh, my God. And then you turn the light on and that's your jacket on the, on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? So you don't know until you know. And then when you when you know, you can come, and this is what I hope the film does. I hope that it shepherds people to some sense of understanding. Now I, of course, I don't have complete understanding and so I don't expect anybody else to have complete understanding and I don't pretend that I can give that to them. But what I can do is I can allow them some people give me a hard time about the name of the film, Alien Abduction Answers. Oh, you're Mr. Answerman. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm looking for the answers. And I know that people are looking for the answers. So what I hope to do is I hope to shepherd them through that fear to the other side where they can go through the fear, which ha- which is... Is widespread. I mean, there are a lot of people who are elevated, like yourself, who just kind of go, Oh, come on. You know, there's that's like kindergarten. But here's the thing the world is a kindergarten. Yeah. The group of elevated souls is very small. It's well, growing, but it's well, small. I
0: can, I can share too, John. You know, I think yeah. one, I just want to appreciate your approach because I think that that um, uh, emotional, like, evocation right that happens with this film is part of our healing process around this yeah. these sorts of events and this this collective um trauma that we've faced around ET contact and and you know someone like me used to be in that fearful place you know i i was in that place of what is this and and and, and it took me a long time to shed just deep cellular fear around this to get to the point where I'm at now to see it from a bigger picture, to, to recognize the, the, the beauty in what is going on and how it has evolved even. Um, cause we have a lot of answers now about how it has evolved and, and it requires us though, facing the trauma part of it. You know, like I, I didn't know until last year that my ET contact started as a child too. Mm-hmm. And when I faced that, you know, we've been crying a little bit over the last few minutes for this reason sure. we're releasing, you know, like we're releasing what's been pent up in us and we're feeling for all the people who've been affected. and. When I finally, like you went into that regressed state and was able to relive what happened. Wow. You know, the, like I was, I was bawling, you know, for probably 45 minutes to an hour (sighs) of that regression as I was reliving it and releasing what was happening. And, and then, you know, coming to a place of understanding and realizing okay i'm safe you know i'm not harmed you know there's there's a bigger picture here you know it's it's a process we have to move through and i and so i appreciate you you know not like approaching it from this fear-mongering place but from a a real place of we've got to face the trauma we've maybe experienced i appreciate that
1: well thank you very very much i i think that was the hardest part of the film because when when you actually watch the regression in the film, you'll see it's not this middle-aged guy, it's this kid. Mm. you know I, I can still remember one of the words I call I call the the entity that took me their bully mm. and I mean it's so foreign to hear in my mouth now but I that's where I was yeah and um, and so so what? what I did was instead of a lot of documentarians, what they'll do is they'll kind of come up with a premise and they'll then guide their work towards that premise. Yeah. For me, it was completely an open ended because I didn't know where the hell I was going.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, and I think that, that uh, served me well because it led me to one person that led me to another person, led me to another person. And this is what is so interesting to me and really has educated me many, over, over many things is that um even though I, I you know I, I'm in the film and whatever but it's not about me it's about us and when you see these people these are not people on the speaking circuit these are moms and dads these are people with master's degrees and phds they have businesses they have they have families they have okay when people watch this they may not like me I'm used to that They may not like me. They may not like my film. But the one thing that they say is this, invariably, when they're watching these people, they see themselves. They see their uncle. They see the guy who lives down the road. These are normal, salt-of-the-earth folks who have experienced something so extraordinary. And they are grappling with that. Some of these encounters were a little similar to mine. But some of them were very, very different. And that taught me a lot too. Um, And so, you know, there are a lot of people who have, the people who don't like what I do are usually people who are so, they've tied their ego to their position. And I smile at that because I I say to them, I say, listen, you had this tremendous experience that just shattered everything you knew. And then what you did was you walked down the path about 20 feet and then planted your flag. Well, you already know the egg is cracked. Stop. <laughs> and yeah. so what I try to what I try to do, Jenna, is this. When you watch the whole film, you'll see this. I I try to use myself as the lowest common denominator, right? I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So what I do is I try to take very difficult subjects for people to grapple with. And I try to tell little parables, little stories that make sense to me that I hope makes sense to them. And so for example, when dealing with, you know, people who say, well, listen, these, these are the Palladiums. Oh, no, these are the Arturians. Oh, I'm going to fight you. These are the lizard people All of that is noise. It's just noise. And what it is, is it's tied back to the ego, which originally held them captive in the beginning. So what I try to say is this. I say, look how silly this is. Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. Everybody knows about it. So let's just say he does. Let's tell a little story. He lands on Mars. Doors open up and somebody from Asia steps up. And then somebody from the Norwegian uh, volleyball team steps out and somebody from Kenya steps out and somebody from America steps out. And a little Martian guy comes out and says, hey, who's the Earthling?
0: Right, right.
1: All of them. Okay. And they all might have slightly different agendas. Might be scientific, might be biological, might be just there to see the sights, all these other things. And that's one ship, one planet. If you accepted life is prolific in the universe, there is no freaking way that you can own the truth. This, right. is, this is Michonne. This think is Michonne,
0: about, Think uh, about the yeah. diversity. You oh know? come like, on. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah.
0: And it's my understanding that like the diversity we experience here on Earth stems partially, you know, from the diversity that's out there. You know, this diversity doesn't just magically appear out of nowhere. <laughs>
1: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And so I just, I, I, what I try to do is I try to deflate the ego and to talk about things in third person. So people can go, Oh, well, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I, like
2: that.
0: I like that. I think, <laughs> I think too, you know, there's also this like cultural phenomena happening right now around ET contact and, and yeah. as people are awakening and, 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 and I think tuning into aspects of the truth because our soul knows, you know, our soul knows at a deep level what is more or less true, but there also is this cultural phenomenon of the ego still getting very much in the way or, mm-hmm. else, you know, even like, you know, whitewashing, like our image of the Pleiades or the Pleiades or what we think they might look like, right? There's like all that sort of stuff happening. And, and I love that you bring this up because I think it is so critical that we, we just pause, you know, and remember that we're also humans with lots of programming and distortion, we're still clearing mm-hmm. and, and that we have these biases, right. That come in and, and it, and it makes it difficult for us to see the full picture always. Sure. Yeah,
1: sure. I, uh, another one of my silly little stories that I use is this, you know, I'm sure you've heard the, the analogy, you know, you take the three smartest people on the planet, right. And you throw them into a, a dark room and you say, hey, what's in there? And somebody shouts out, well, it's a spear. They said, are you crazy? This is, this is a whip. Somebody says, are you nuts? This is a boulder. And they turn on the light and it's an elephant.
2: <laughs>
1: now, now, for me, for me, and once again, I'm going to show my age. You know, when I hear people talk about my truth, I always get this kick because back when I was a kid, if you would have said that, that would have been like an opinion that no one else shared. That's why you own it. And I, I just said, well, listen, isn't truth just? Isn't it permeate? Doesn't it permeate the world? Doesn't it permeate everything? So watch, it's an elephant. It's not a spirit. It's not a. But here's here's where I started to grow up, and started to have empathy. And this is what I'm telling you about changing. So I I really push in because I'm a filmmaker. I push in on nuance, and I think about these three people. Now we have already decided that these are the three smartest people in the world. So they're not confused and they're not idiots, right? And they're wrapping their arms around something that they only have so many senses to diagnose with okay? because it's dark in there and they're in uncharted territory. So they're taking all that input and they are to the very best of their ability, using all their mind and all of their power to, to say what it is, to identify. And of course, because of their programming, because of preconceived notions, everything else, they're kind of identifying it here, here, here. And and so when they do that, the push-in is this. They are taking that information and they are simulating it. And then what they have to do is then they have to use a clunky thing, language. And they have to use that to try to communicate it out to the best of their ability. And then on top of it, the person on the other side, outside, has to, okay, and now I have to translate it and put it into a picture in my mind. The, the I think the lesson for me was that is that number one these people with their truth are telling their truth it's it's honest and genuine and it really really means a lot because they've 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 really sacrificed a lot to tell us and also I think I think the most important thing is that we need all three of them. We need all three of those people. We need all of us. Because all of our sensory input and all of our collective consciousness and all of our brain power is the only way that we are going to move forward.
0: That's how we do and, pieces uh, of the puzzle uh, together that puts the hard together.
1: lesson for me. Hard lesson. I am a fat head. Hard lesson.
0: <laughs> I think that's it. that's every human. You know, we're all hard headed. We're all stubborn. We're all we're you know we're we're growing up. Like we're we're at a stage in our civilization where we're going through these growing pains of, you know, coming into that understanding that it requires all of our perspectives coming together to see the truth, to see the big picture. And, I mean, you talked about how this just the whole course of this film was transformative mm. for you in that regard. Oh, yeah. And, you, you know, as you got to the end of the film, you you know, you you've had all these other perspectives coming in that are informing your transformation. What was that like for you? Like, as you got to the end of it? Oh, my. Oh,
1: you know, my. Where did you um,
0: land? Like, where did you land? <laughs> on
1: my head, on my on my face. I was good looking before. Uh, then I fell down a cliff. Um, I'll tell you something. I, I was completely, I was completely gobsmacked. I had no idea. I went looking for little monsters in the dark, right? And I realized this film is not about, you know, that. It's not about those shining lights in the sky. Yeah, they're an aspect, but that's not that's not the final scenario. That's not what it's about, you know it's about you, it's about me, it's about us, it's about our consciousness, our soul, it's about the very fabric of what we are and where we are, where we are today and and what we can become. At the very end of the film, it occurred to me that I had found some of the answers I was looking for. I really did have information that I never had before, but all that did was open me up to more questions. And I realize, and also I have to tell you, and I, I kind of intimated this to you before we got online. You know, I'm I'm not a young guy, so and I know that everything is part of the path, and you know, but I feel a lot of you know, like I wasted time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I I, I miss some opportunities, and I don't look. Maybe maybe it was supposed to be that way because I wouldn't have been ready anyway. But but here I am now, and so this film is called Alien Abduction Answers, and it's supposed to take people, hopefully, from ignorance and fear to some sort of understanding. I have a another film I'm I'm trying to work on right now called Alien Abduction Awakening,
2: mm,
1: and the okay. idea is yeah, the idea is is that when you start to have certain information, you can start to integrate it, you know. You can start to make some decisions before you felt completely helpless, before you were just a leaf in the wind. But now you can actually say, okay, well, look, the, okay, I don't know everything, but the stuff that I do know, I mean, maybe, may." and once again, I'm not trying to tell people what their decisions are. Maybe your answer is, screw you guys, I'm going the other way. Okay. But then you made a decision based on your own, and it wasn't just a guess, a shot in the dark. Or, or you can learn that you can literally participate. And what have you learned from the experiences as opposed to just being in stark terror? And then I have a a, a kind of a final film. I I don't know what it's about, but I know that it's going to be called Alien Abduction Ascension. And I don't don't mean that to sound woo-woo. What I mean is, once again, everything I... My work is not about that. My work is about us. Okay? So here's the thing. I don't care what religion, faith, sex, gender, color, where you are, we share a commonality. Look, we were all born. We all crawled on our bellies. We all bumped our heads. We all got hurt. We all toddled. We all kind of walked. Then we walked. Then we ran. So after the first film and you get to some sort of end, You know, understanding the second film you kind of integrate the information. Well, now you have that information and it literally transforms you. Yeah. And that's what that ascension's about.
0: Love it. And I um, love that. I I got chills as you were talking about both of those. And I think like it it feels so right on to me because that it feels like to me our path. You know, this is the it feels like part of the reason why this this moment of contact for humanity is happening the way it's happening is because of the darkness we caused on this planet that we've suppressed. And when we suppress that level of shadow, you know, stuff that we're dealing with, Sure. well then you know we didn't have the option of of true open contact in a way that would be different you know we yeah. w- it's like it's almost like mirroring you know what we have to go through as humans to grow up and yeah. even be ready to you know become a galactic civilization and and you know i i like too that you you know talk about ascension you know from just like the evolutionary standpoint you know i i talk about that a lot because i think You know, we, we do like to attach ourselves to these grandiose ideas of what spirituality is or what's possible. And yeah, there's a lot that's possible, but ascension really is just evolution. And, Mm. and, and, and I think, you know, our ET friends, family, star brothers and sisters out there are, you know, interacting with us in various ways to help us, you know, just move up that evolutionary ladder Mm. enough. To get to a point where we could, you know, maybe yeah. graduate, you know, to become yeah. that sort of civilization. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting process to think about and, and explore and integrate. And, and I think it's so important that people like you are doing this sort of work so that people can see themselves and others this way. And, and we can, we can get out of that place of being afraid yeah. to talk about this openly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think and this is kind of like my mantra these days. You know, I, I think really you, you've heard the term original sin. I think original sin is our ego to the exclusion of everybody else. Ooh. Because I think the greatest lie is that we're alone. Yeah. And not just alone in the universe, but alone in our head, alone by ourselves. And think about that. How many people destroy themselves because they feel alone. And I I'm speaking to you straight from the heart. Yeah. That was me.
0: Yeah. 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 And that, that's like our spiritual work, you know, in this life, yeah. it like we're, we're, do we're in this process of coming back into that realization that we don't have to be so separate and it doesn't have to be so hard and it doesn't have to be so lonely and, and and that the universe is designed for us to remember and find that connection like that's what it wants and humans have just gotten themselves stuck in a hard place on this planet and i think this is such a beautiful example of like the spiritual evolution that's possible through these experiences. Cause like you're, you're walking proof right here of that, just in how you're articulating that experience of going from loneliness and fear and separation to where you're at now. And it doesn't mean you have all the answers, but oh my gosh, like, look at that transformation. And I just think that's incredible. And I I applaud you. I'm proud of you. Oh. I'm proud of all of us for doing this. Thank
1: you. I'm proud of us too. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what would
0: you what would you say to those who are maybe you know still in that place of mm. of fear, you know, around that, yeah. or or even judgment, you know, around
2: sure. the sure. idea
0: of contact or
2: yeah.
0: or opening up to talking about what they've experienced? Like, sure. what, what advice would you give to folks who are in that place?
1: Well, uh, Jenna, you know this better than I. Part of part of your whole, you know, coming out and realizing where you were and where you're going, that's a risk, you know, and it's a risk for yourself personally. And it's a risk for, you know, the world that you built because you built a world or I built a world based on a set of parameters that really aren't solid. They're a little bit different, and so when you come out with that, you're gonna you're gonna rustle some feathers. This is gonna happen. I, um, I, you know, once again, I would love to tell you that I can just levitate into a room and heal people, but that doesn't happen. Um, not everybody loves me. And um, I was just at a wedding not too long ago, a couple months ago. And uh, my family never knew about this. My parents have passed mm-hmm. and they never talked about it. Um, and so I never said anything. But at this wedding that I was at, it was filled with family and friends I've known all my life. When the film came out, there there are people who I love who were standing right beside me, who would not meet my eyes, who would not, not talk to me. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, this is what I want to say to you. You know, I, I know that the, the fear is compounded because of all of that crap gravy, because a lot of it comes. But what I have to say is this, is that we do not do ourselves a service by continuing to lie. Okay. We can't lie to ourselves, first of all. And number two, if we live under the shadow of a lie just to make things go okay, we still are subject to all of that poison. So, you know, uh, there's some people who, uh, God bless them, you know, they've only had wonderful and enlightening experiences. I was not one of them. I always tell people, you know, they say, well, you know, have you been given any gifts? Do you have any, can you hear?" No, I'm a dud. They threw me back. Oh, (laughs) I I
0: disagree. I disagree. You know what's happening, John? (laughs) They're channeling through you, you know, your, your work and your, your ideas for the movies are, are direct inspiration, you know, either coming from your higher self or from them because of this opening that has occurred in you. And that's a gift, like that's oh, you're, you're it, it, happens in, it happens you. in all of us differently.
2: Yeah.
1: Two, I think number one, thank you very much for <laughs> saying that. Thank you. God bless you. Um the, but the thing I want to say is that we don't do ourselves a service by telling these good folks who might be in that place of fear yeah. that look, I'm not going to discount your fear. I'm not going to tell you just rub dirt in it and take a lap or grow up. Yeah. No 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 and you know what and when you finally face this you're going to have to maybe face some things that are uncomfortable because there're going to be some people who are not ready to hear in fact if you watch if you watch the film follow the path of ruth god bless her such a sweet lady i love her i love her and here's a woman who lived in that world based on all of that and she took a lot of a lot of flack but here's Here's the moral to the story. I say in the film, all I wanted really was some sense of peace. If you lie, if you bifurcate everything in your life, if you feel that you need to obfuscate, you will never have peace. You might succeed, but you're not going to have peace. And I'm going to tell you something. Peace is worth it.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Mm. What a beautiful note to end on. I think, I think that is just such a great message to leave anyone with, you know, regardless of whether they're interested in this topic or not, they're probably not still listening if they're not interested in this. Topic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's a great point, you know, in all aspects of our life, you know, we, we've got to be true to ourselves, true to our soul true to what is in there and honor that and i hope that anyone watching who has found this interesting and um whose curiosity is peaked checks out the film and um and 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 watches it because it is it is emotionally evocative and and healing i told you before this i still have to finish the end of it so i'm excited about about seeing that ending that you kind of teased so I just so appreciate you, John, and for sharing Thank yourself you. and being vulnerable, and um, and for being a new friend. I'm going to claim you as a friend now.
1: <laughs> I am we very honored. I'm very honored. Very honored. Thank you.
0: Thank you, and and for those who are interested in, in John's work, check out the show notes below all of his links are there to, to the film you can see the preview and uh, a couple of promo videos as well so thank you john for being with us and um i just honor you and your experience and and how you've brought it to the world and and brought others experiences to the world It's important
1: well i think that you are a blessing and what you're doing is a blessing to our people all of us thank you. so thank you
0: Thank you. Thanks everyone for watching and definitely comment. Let us know what you thought of this conversation. Let us know what you think of the film. If you watch it, Alien Abductions Answers, and
2: we'll see you next time in the next episode. Bye for now.